Shaka, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Glory to God, hallelujah. Woo! Mm. Hope you enjoyed that mystical chariot ride. Releasing the waters of heaven over all flesh and through all flesh. Washing all blood of the earth to be crystal clear and sparkling like it is with the blood in heaven, the blood of Jesus, the river of life. So it's transforming the nations. It's a water outpouring. It's a water judgment from the water city and the water temple. The city of David, the tabernacle of David, and the new Jerusalem of the spotless bride. Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl yesterday. Bob Jones said when the Chiefs win, God is releasing never-ending revival from his apostolic chiefs. And the key there is understanding chief apostles, which are the 12 kings of the 12 tribes of the 144,000, the master builders of the city of David, the tabernacle of David, the New Jerusalem, the city on a hill. And it's the city that we construct over and above all brains. No one in their brain lives in this city yet. Now you have access to this city because the chieftains of this city, the chief apostles of this city, the 12 kings of this city are the 12 gates of 12 pearls of this city. It's a city on a hill, and it's on earth as it is in heaven, and it's a real rapture, and the living waters will rapture your hearts and minds into this city while you're in the body. The rapture is not something where your body's just taken off the earth. The scripture says that rapture is clearly the great harvest of the end times when the Holy Spirit and the angels lift you up in the living waters into the New Jerusalem above your brain, which is the curse of the fall. There's no inheritance in the brain. Zero. Only above the brain. The brain and the ability of the brain is all witchcraft and sorcery. It's all flesh. We're not in the tree of flesh. We're not in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're not in the fallen angels. Hello? We're in the tree of life. We're in the Holy Spirit and the holy angels in the holy city of New Jerusalem. And so it's a tremendous time of increase of water judgment. And everything that can be judged will be judged. And I tell you the truth, now is the time of the restoration of all things. Now is the time of the city of New Jerusalem being seen and felt by everyone in the world. They will look upon this city. It's a city of the Holy Spirit. You've had the sorcerers on the seven mountains that have ruled by fallen angels and witchcraft. Now you're going to have the wise master builders above them, and they will all be drowned. That entire worship time, we were dealing with the seven mountains. We were dealing with the sorcerers of the seven mountains and washing the tops of the mountains. It's mountaintop glory being released today. And most of the music we're actually listening to is from an album by Paul Oakenfold called Mount Everest. So it's the highest mountain, not just in the spirit, Mount Zion, but also in the natural, Mount Everest. Thank you, Father, for glory. Perfection glory is here. We've tasted the love glory the last several months. The love glory is an ever-increasing glory, just like the peace glory and the joy glory before it. And what the love glory brings about is the innocence of the Lamb of God on the throne, making the spotless bride. The first to rise in spotlessness are the chief apostles. And the same sanctification that the chief apostles 
went through will, go, will come upon all Christians in the world. The same exact sanctification that's been so strict and serious. It's only strict and serious when you pioneer it. Then it opens up to be just the water of the fountain of life of the Lamb of God on the throne. It's not a serious river. It really is not. It is fun. It is frolicking. It is as unserious as it gets. All you got to do is enjoy it. Remember this key phrase to revival. If it's not fun, it's not God. You know, the innocence glory is truly the fun glory. The fun glory. People are way too hard on themselves. The, the seriousness that they experience in their soul realm is actually pride. That's the fallen angel still working in your pride. When all that's washed away, and I'm not talking about the seriousness of the holy of holies, because there's a serious pleasure too. There's a serious ecstasy, a serious rapture. I'm talking about like the oh my god, I'm gonna pop, I'm gonna explode. It's so tight, it's so strict. I'm, that needs to become wide open into a garden of Eden, of where you can lay down in fresh, tender green pastures and lay your head down and drink still refreshing waters. Crystal clear living waters that sparkle as you drink them through your mind. And be constantly refreshed by the renewing of your mind by the Spirit of the Lord. Anything that's not refreshing you out of heaven is dealing with our own sin. Because sin's not refreshing. And when the glory of God that's perfectly clear comes upon sin, it torments sin. And we think we're good and stuff, and then all of a sudden we get tormented by a greater holiness. And it's like, whoa, holy crap, I guess there's parts of me that are still completely sat satanic. And that's why we're tormented. We're getting tormented and the whole world's going to be tormented that doesn't repent. Oh my gosh, you haven't seen anything yet. Innocence, glory of the Lamb, the perfect childlikeness of the Lord Jesus is the strictest, serious, most serious judgment upon the wicked in the whole world. Everyone that's hidden sin in their hearts, idolatry in their hearts, idols in their temples, and has pretended to be a good person outwardly, the innocence glory is final judgment. There is a final judgment from a spotless remnant that's coming upon the world. That's what raises up the standard and raises the dead. That's what raises up the harvest. You're not going to have harvest because the fallen angels will work through any little spot that's still in the human eye. You have to have all the spots out of your eyes in order to release harvest glory, in order to raise it. Otherwise, the fallen angels will have a case on you. They have a court case against you if there's a speck in your eye. I'm not talking about plank Christians, I'm talking about speck Christians, which are usually charismatic Christians that know a lot of stuff, that have a lot of revelation, but are still not made perfect, that are still not living in the New Jerusalem, that don't have the 12 pearls, that don't know about the water temple. I'm telling you guys, speck Christianity is being dealt with because it's the greatest hypocrisy of all time, and it's actually the greatest measure of pride that you have all the gifts of the Spirit, you got all the awesome stuff that looks like revival, but it's not the kingdom of heaven, and it's not the city of David, it's not the tabernacle of David, it's not the full blueprint. It's actually really, really deceptive and leads everyone to stray thinking that's the pinnacle of Christianity. So spec Christianity is going to be refined first. Oh yeah. And I believe we'll, we'll gather some people from the spec Christian crowd into absolute perfect glory. Perfect glory is just having a water of life flow out of you continuously and there's no consciousness of self. No self-awareness, no self-defense, no self-promotion. Self is just pride of the curse of the fall. This water is just washing self away into hell. 
Because the illusion, the, the delusion, and the deception of the world and the curse of the fall is that you have a self. There is no self. There is only Christ. And you are a spirit inside Christ when you're born again. If anyone's joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. Are you seeing Christ in your heart? Are you living out of the deception that the fallen angels have fed you from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil after you're born again, trying to finish in the brain what began in the heart? Because you want to hold on to self. Those are Christians that are still wearing grave clothes. Any Christian born again that hasn't given their mind to Christ in the center of their heart is wearing grave clothes. They're actually the church of Jezebel. The church of Jezebel Every single person in that church, and it's millions of people strong, wears grave clothes. But everyone in the New Jerusalem wears wedding clothes, white garments. Where did the wedding clothes come from? From the inside out. Where did the grave clothes come from? From the outside in. If your God is outside in, you're wearing grave clothes. If your God is inside out, you're wearing wedding clothes. Simple as that. The new creature springs up from within. The old creature is held on to by practicing false Christianity of the outside in. How do you know it's false Christianity? They'll be like, come Holy Spirit. What? Oh, well, he, doesn't he come out of the inside of me, out of your innermost being of flow springs of the waters of life, John 7, 38, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. What are you saying that he's not in you, that he needs to still come to you, that you have not cultivated intimacy in your heart, you don't know him in your garden? Those are the workers of iniquity. Everyone in the world that practices come Holy Spirit, false Christianity. And that's not too harsh, because that's an accurate assessment from the Bible. And I love you, and I love everyone that practices that Jezebelic false Christianity. It's just time to mature out of Babylonian charismatic Christianity into the New Jerusalem. Because we've really ripped ourselves off, and there's so much more once you get to know Him on the inside. You're not saying, come Holy Spirit, on the inside, are you? You're mm -hmm. saying, I have rivers flowing out of me. It's more than enough of the Holy Spirit pouring out of my heart for everyone that knows Him on the inside. Every member of the New Jerusalem, every member of the Spotless Bride knows Him in the garden of their heart. Everyone wears their wedding clothes for the glory comes in the living waters from the inside out. The wedding clothes is simply knowing Jesus on the inside and being wrapped in water. You let the water raise your heart and mind above the realm of the dead, which is above the flesh. And then you're wearing the living water. That's the wedding clothes. Anyone that's not internally a spring of the water of life and externally washed from their internal spring has no place in the New Jerusalem. For they do not know their well of salvation, their spring of life. So right now it's a call to repentance. Repent of all Jezebelic external Christianity and start to know the spring in eternally and internally. And then you'll be raised up and live in the New Jerusalem, the water city, in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Huh. Wow. How do we know it comes from the inside out? What happened with Jesus on the cross? The soldiers stabbed him with the spear after he was dead it says he was already dead and what poured out of his body water and blood combined it takes the water and the blood to inherit salvation and it should be flowing out of your very being that was the sign and this is a sign like the time of Ezekiel when Ezekiel went amongst the temple the spirits were sent the spirits were commissioned 
to mark the people of God who held Christ in their hearts. Same thing with the seven seals of Revelation. Six seals were opened and then the seventh was held from being opened until what took place? That the angels of God finished their work marking those who were worshiping in spirit and in truth, in water and in blood. Baptism corresponds to the washing of our innermost being. And we are being baptized as the body of Christ amongst the whole world. The glory baptism is here. The waters covering the whole earth, Habakkuk 2.14. That the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. What knowledge is it? It's not head knowledge. <laughs> it's spirit knowledge. Mm -hmm. Being in the mind of Christ. If, you're, if you think that your mind in fallenness can adopt the mind of Christ, you're already bewitched. You're already under the bewitchment of Jezebel because the mind of Christ is, is not in your flesh. It's in the spirit body of Christ. It forms itself in you and it comes out of you like the river where you yield your very soul to the soul of God. Second Peter 2.17, these are springs without water. How will you know everyone false from true? in the leadership of Christianity by living waters or not. Second Peter 2.17 These are springs without water. Let me just give you some scripture about the springs. Because <laughs> so it's all about living water, you guys. Yeah. I mean, the living water is also known as the glory of God. It will wash away everything in your heart until you're sparkly. Glory. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus. There we go. Job 38:16 in the amplified. Have you explored the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Psalm 84:6 Passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. References also in Revelation 7. <clears throat> where he wipes every tear from their eye from the valley of weeping yeah. by the springs of the Lamb. Yeah. That's the one I was going to read, 717. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Psalm 87, 7. The singers as well as the players on instruments shall say, All my springs, my sources of life and joy are in you, city of our God, New Jerusalem. Mm. And I want you guys to get a vision of the New Jerusalem is the city on the hill. The hill is the flesh. The city is above the flesh. Also your crown of life. And all your springs come out of the spiritual city that's built on top of the seven mountains of human flesh. You only gain entrance to this city through pearls. Pearls are underwater doors. And you go through the pearls when your head is underwater in the water of life. Springs of salvation. So all we minister every day at Joel's Bar, the bar is the glory. The living water. I mean, nothing else can save you. Nothing else can seal you. And until you have the whole mind of Christ formed in your heart, 
and this carnal false mind is completely crucified, you're not going to be living in the actual promised land. You'll be living in the desert. The desert is the place where you're still living out of your natural senses. You're still living out of your carnal mind. The promised land is through the pearls, underwater, and you're fully living by your spiritual senses. You're living 100% dependent on the living water. The living water has all angel power in it because the glory of God empowers the angels of God. So you're not going to have much angel activity until you're in the living water, in the springs, in the rivers, and you're flowing in the water, and it's going through your brain, and it's crucifying your natural senses. Water judgment is here to kill humanity's five natural senses and energize humanity's eternal spiritual senses, which is the full reverse of the curse. The floods that are now upon you from the city of New Jerusalem and from the water temple of Ezekiel are for the total annihilation of the natural man to glorify mankind. This will glorify humanity. Will the wicked be taken away? Oh my, you've been watching the wicked have panic attacks every day of this ministry for 10 years. These people are crazy. They're, they're nev- I've never seen the false prophets and the false apostles panicking more than this last week mm-hmm. and attacking my name, attacking my ministry, all behind my back, and it's so far below me, and they can't get through the water, and they can't get to our city because they have no sanctification. They're just a dry place. But those that aren't fully fortified in the water are often pulled out of the living water by the false prophets and the false apostles of the dry place. The main way you can separate the living from the dead now is by the waters or the lack of waters. And remember, Satan has a river spewing from his mouth in Revelation. So he can deceive you with false water. How will you know the difference? It won't have love in it. It won't have joy in it. It won't have peace in it. So a lot of people have to drink the dragon waters a lot in order to know the difference between the Christ waters. Mm. You'd think everyone would realize that. I've never seen a Christian know the difference right away. And God's not angry at you for testing the dragon waters and then testing the Christ waters. How else are you going to know? We're coming out of such confusion until we annihilate the red dragon and his waters completely, which are the waters of pride, the waters of bitterness, the waters of selfishness. The waters that actually fuel soulishness, which is a Christianity that's about me instead of a Christianity that's about thee. Mm-hmm. True Christianity is only in the heart. And out of the heart flows rivers. False Christianity is only in the soul, in the brain. And you have the majority of the world in false Christianity right now, and even the true that lives somewhat out of the heart realm and out of the river realm have mixture. Mm-hmm. It's almost unknown in the world. And that's what the chief apostles of the Kansas City Chief Prophecy of Bob Jones is all about, as a people without mixture. Apostles without mixture that are fully fortified to live out of their hearts with no flesh, brain, matter, mixture, which is the influence of the fallen angels in the world. A people that live entirely out of the throne of God and the Lamb and the archangels. (laughs) That know clearly their God in their heart and have anchored their mind 100%, not on the outside, but on the inside. Repentance is actually returning your mind to Christ in your heart. Have you pegged your mind into Jesus in your heart? Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. Have you given your mind Christ? 
You've given your heart to Christ. Christ, come into my heart. But now, after you're born again, the whole process is Romans 12 to be constantly transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. Have you given him your brain? See, we don't. That's every problem in every Christian in the world is we have not yielded the brain attached to the natural man, the natural outside realm. When you attach your brain to Christ inside your heart in the glory realm, in the Garden of Eden, that's when true sanctification and transfiguration begins to cocoon in the soul. God will not force your souls to connect to Christ in your hearts. That's something you have to want out of desire. Just like a wife wanting to marry a husband. You have to want him. You have to want him, Jesus, in your heart by giving him your soul. And you'll be tested and tempted by every deceiving false reward in the external realm daily. Because if you do that, you're going to release springs of waters of water judgment that will just raise the standard by raising living water in a region and it will destroy all the principalities of Satan in the world. So we're here to convince all of you, to fully connect your brain to Jesus in the center of your heart so that Jesus in His throne can rise in your heart and release the river of Revelation 22 and annihilate the principalities of the seven mountains that are in the world mm. and drown the world. We're here to drown everything in living water and we will live in the city above the flesh. And it comes from below. It's not in here. It's not above. It's from below. In order to get above the flesh, you have to pull your flesh into your heart. Because that's the only place Jesus lives. He lives in the throne room of your heart. The morning star only rises where? Apostle Peter? In the heart, the Bible says. The morning star will rise in your heart. And the path of the righteous shall shine ever brighter to the full dawn of day. And what is the path of righteousness? Constantly repenting your brain into your heart where Jesus is until the whole soul is anchored to the throne of Jesus in your heart. And that's a per person perfectly obedient to the throne of God and the Lamb. Anyone whose soul is not anchored to their heart is not following Jesus but religious demons. Simple as that. The whore of Babylon and the church of Jezebel don't even know Jesus in their hearts. That's why they hate the river, they hate the living waters, they hate the drunken glory, they hate freedom, they hate abundant life. They love doctrine, they love religion, they love being in control, they love money, they're evil people, they'll all be drowned. The floods of Noah are here to bring judgment upon an idolatrous, false Christian system that has robbed the holy people of the Most High who have, most high, who have constantly practiced righteousness and repentance of bringing the flesh of the brain into Christ in the heart. And then Christ grows in your heart. That's how you grow into full spiritual stature. That's how your heart wraps the world. That's how you grow from glory to glory. Always bringing the animal sacrifice. And the glory grows. You bring the brain, the glory grows. You get more temptations of the external realm because the brain is the filter from the natural realm into the spirit realm in your heart. And if you have the spirit realm of fallen angels in your heart, then you know your, your mind is practicing religion. Because religion tempts you to not deal with your heart because Satan wants control of your human spirits. That's what gives him jurisdiction over the natural dimension when the fallen angels control your hearts. That's what was lost in the fall. 
They gave up their spirit realm to have a soul and flesh inheritance in the natural realm, in the earth, in the dust, in the natural water, in the natural trees, the natural rocks, and the natural sky. So we get back what we forfeited to the fallen angels, the most important realm, the heart realm, the spirit realm, by bringing our souls into there and valuing Christ in our hearts as the pearl of great price, as more valuable than anything external. And then you'll be lifted up as a temple of the Holy Spirit. You'll be lifted up as a citizen of New Jerusalem. And you'll be honored as a holy nation and a spotless bride of Christ. And you'll go from glory to glory. And God will proclaim your name to the Gentiles. He'll proclaim your name to the Christians because you're sanctified by His Word and by His water. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Look, it's right out of Revelation 17. <clears throat> Why? Because this is the great question of our time. Q, the 17th letter, the question. Revelation 17, verse 1. <clears throat> then one of the seven angels with the seven bowls approached me. Why is it one of seven? Because obviously there were seven angels with seven bowls. But it's one of seven. 17 in 17. It's about, the, it's about answering the great question of time that in, in the one you have all seven. And in the seven you have one. All the angels work as families. They're light beings. They work the seven spirits of God, the seven seals, the seven bowls, the seven trumpets. You have one who works as seven and seven who work as one. <clears throat> but <laughs> it's about the judgment that's in chapter 17. Come and I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who sits enthroned on many waters. The great prostitute, the whore of Babylon, is sitting on the throne of many waters. That's not her throne. She's just sitting on it right now. So, look, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So if she can sit on it, then who is supposed to be sitting on it? We are. The kings of the earth have fornicated with her. They've partnered with her. And the people of the earth are drunk on her wine instead of drunk on the, the anointing of God, the love and intoxicating garden that he's always offered us. I'm going to jump down to the end of the chapter just to, to bring this into fullness here. Revelation 17, verse 17. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out His purpose for her by agreeing to give their kingdom to the wild beast until the words of God are fulfilled. It's the forfeit of their spirit life to have a natural inheritance. Jezebel only sits on that throne on the waters because of Christians being bewitched. Galatians 3.1 is the forfeit of your spiritual inheritance for a natural inheritance, the very thing that Adam and Eve did in the curse of the fall. Almost every Christian does after they're born again. Thank you, Father. Jesus, give us wisdom to not make the same mistakes as Adam and Eve that caused the fall, that we would choose a spiritual inheritance and not idolatry. That we would trust you, Father, the Creator. And I was seeing the Father from this city. People think they're going to just miss out on something. It's just total deception everywhere. When you're partnered with the Father over blood and over water, which is over all human flesh, you have creative power to speak into the blood and speak into the water with the seven torches of God and create, any, create anything. I mean, God only wants you to have the best possible life, and we don't fully trust Him yet. And he builds you up so you have his ability. He's a spirit. Another word for spirit in the Bible is angel. Can you say God's an angel accurately and have that be sound doctrine? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. 
my God. <laughs> he's an angelic being. Yeah, he's, how do you think angels had their creation? Because an angel gave birth to angels. An angel created angels. Holy Spirit. And you also have an angelic nature. You have wings. You can fly. Ezekiel's flying in the Bible. There's prophets flying all the time. And I tell you guys, you look a lot more like the angels than you do the animals. And fallen angels will make you identify with the animals like in Darwinism. But revelation that comes from the throne of God will always wake you up to being like the angels. You are much more, you look much more like the seraphim and the cherubim and the ophanim than you do the gorillas and the apes and the chimpanzees. I mean, if you were to see the true nature of what God created to be, you are fully angelic. You're not even partially angelic. You're fully angelic. And the lie is that you're a flesh. Jesus Christ fully identified with his spiritual nature. And he said in John chapter 6 that the flesh counts for nothing. It wasn't Gnosticism. It's just the realm of the natural is not important. Now it is important after you prioritize the spirit realm because that's the realm that the fallen angels work in. And we're here to destroy all the works of the devil. The Son of God was made manifest to destroy all the works of the devil, which is the natural realm, the realm of flesh and blood. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness, and high places. Because those spiritual wickedness and high places only work through brain and blood. Brain and blood. That's how the fallen angels have always worked and deceived the world for thousands and thousands of years. We work in the spirit through the brain and blood of Jesus on the right side of God the Father, through flesh and blood, removing fallen angel influence, which is a true apostolic covering, so that people can be influenced in their emotions, in their brain, in their soul, and their will, to do God's will and not Satan's and the nations. It's actually an enculturation of a higher spiritual authority than what the principalities have done upon cities and nations. And religion is the main tactic of the enemy, and it's in every single Christian church in the world because in my father's house there are no churches. So the first step is coming out of her, my people. Am I telling you to stop going to church? I'm telling you to start following the Holy Spirit. Often God had me go to church and follow different people for years and years and years until I was just kicked out of everything and there wasn't a church that could, could contain my glory and I was a member of the church of the firstborn in heaven. I go to church. I mean, I never leave the church. I never leave the temple. I live in the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. And it's a place of growing up. You know, Jesus grew up in temple, meaning God has used Christians to grow up in church. There's just no doubt about it. Just like Jesus grew up in temple, you grew up in church. But there's a maturity coming that will annihilate church as you know it. So the true and full expression of heavenly Jerusalem, the final church, the final temple, can be lived in and experienced by all. And you can't have both. That's the problem. People want the old wineskin and the new wineskin. It will tear you apart. It will burst. If we try to go back into the old wineskin after drinking the new wine, and it's like we're just tormented, and we torment others, and we it's just, you cannot have the old church system and the new Jerusalem. The living water will utterly destroy it. And that's why you finally get evicted out of these places that have containers of man's control and man's system and man's religion. Man's interpretation of the Bible is the worst of it all. No one wants to hear your, your doctrine or theology. I don't care how right you think you are in your own mind. We want to hear what God the Father says on the throne. And I tell you what, it's so far out there. These people, almost, I've never... I bet you there's not one pastor in the world that would not consider God the Father a heretic right now. I bet you I would. I bet you there's areas, Father would say stuff to me, that I'd be like, Papa, you are a freaking heretic. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to Father God's church. What he, His interpretation of the Bible is so far out there, I tell you what, you have yet to be stretched. Yet to be stretched. He likes the interpretation of the Bible that gives you the ability of Enoch that walks through doors and mountains. Yeah, amen. <laughs> he, li- he likes the, the interpretation of the Scripture that gives you full angelic ability. Any interpretation of Scripture that's not producing angelic ability is demonic, by the way. <laughs> it's a dead letter that's killing your what? What is it killing, Apostle Paul? It's killing your divine nature and the ability of the Father that only works through your spirit, through your heart. And it's empowering your soul, saying, Oh, I can be good in the flesh, now I'll be a religious fanatic. We're doing away with the soul realm of Christianity and bringing forth the garden realm of true heart Christianity. You could say God's a spirit, but you could also say God is a heart. Mm -hmm. And you are His flesh on earth. You are His soul on earth. You are His connection to this realm, and He's chosen us to destroy all the works of the devil in the world through our hearts yielded to Him. But you choose every day how much of your soul you give to God in your heart. You can give Him a little bit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Very few people have given them their entire soul. Most of us have plans and ideas for our lives. I want kids. My husband and wife have to look like this. My job has to be like this. So you're telling him what you want, and it's like, cool, you can be saved, but you'll only be 30, 60-fold. Mm. The 100-fold is whatever, and you actually follow through with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's only a few people in my whole life I've ever met that are actual 100-fold. Most people <laughs> have ideas and plans for their life, and they're the good plans, and we pray, and we put it on the altar, and then we make decisions out of our souls, and we don't actually burn, we don't actually trust them that much. But we have to go completely underwater to a place where we're fully reliant on the Father's rivers in every decision we make. Trust and obey, following the river into all truth. And I will send the Spirit of truth, and He will guide you into all truth. What's the Spirit of truth? The rivers of Pentecostal drunken glory of Acts chapter 2? There is rivers flowing out of them. Springs, rivers, streams. That's what Pentecost is all about. I will give you the river, and you will follow the river, and those that flow with the river are the true disciples of the kingdom of heaven. And the river's moving, the river's changing, the river's unpredictable. People hate the river. The river is the greatest enemy of the religious demons of all time because it cannot be contained in any building made by human hands. You cannot control and tell the, the river is Lord. The river is the Holy Spirit. The river is in charge of the nations. The river is in charge of Christianity. Jesus Christ said it's expedient that I go to the Father and send you the Holy Spirit. It's better that you have the Holy Spirit. It's better that you have the river than that you have Jesus. How many Christians are like, come Lord Jesus, so hard? Because they're living apart from the river. And when you jump in the river, you're not even asking Him to come because you know Jesus is in the river because He's one with the Holy Spirit. It's like we don't even know Him at all. So it's time to be riverified. And there are depths of the river that you don't know because every day it's new to me. The river will take you to places you don't even want to go. The river will take you to high places. The river will take you to stars. The river will take you to sands. The river will take you under the earth. The river will take you to heaven. The river will take you wherever the Father wants to take you. The issue is, are you going to be in the river or out of the river? How do I get this river you speak of? The river is in the voice of many waters of every, work we, every word we speak at Joel's Bar for 11 years. 
we show you who actually wants the river, who wants to live controlled by the river, who wants to be in the river, and who wants to be a real river Christian. And the more deeply you go in the river, you'll experience the depths of the Father's heart. You'll know the mysteries of God. He'll renew your youth like the eagle. Everything of the kingdom of heaven is in the river because the Holy Spirit is the fullness of the Father and the Son. We haven't experienced the depths of the river. This river is so deep, you will never know the depths of the river. I tell you the truth, there is no bottom. There is no bottom, because the right. king's heart is beyond searching out, Proverbs says. And this is King Jesus' heart, King Jesus' river. Eternity is in this river. You just bring your brain down into the river and sacrifice all the stuff you think is good in your brain every day. Bring all your weird, occult, Christian garbage, third eye, pineal gland, false mysticism crap, all your occult mixture, just bring it all down to the river, and the river is fire, it'll burn it all up. We have yet to bring most of our souls that deep in the river, and the deeper you go in the river, the greater the refinement. I believe you go into the depths of this river, going downward in the river, that's when you find the pearls. That's when the pearls are formed. I believe at the bottom of this river or the top of the mountains of this world going down in the waters of humility that's where God will build the city of New Jerusalem in the depths of his living waters now you can go higher than the city and there's eternity beyond the city but the city is actually formed in the bottom of the living waters the bottom of the river and so if you go down and let the river be like an anchor for your soul down to where the city of New Jerusalem is down into the living waters you get sucked down then you'll start to see more clearly as you're washed and pulled down in humility. Because that's what destroys the, the blindness of self and the blindness of pride. The blindness of religion. <laughs> the blindness of the dry place. Being influenced by the prince of the power of the air instead of the voice of many waters. You're either going to have air or water. Two trees in the garden. Air or water. There's no air in New Jerusalem. Zero. There's no air there. Mm -hmm. It's all underwater. Yep. You go in through pearls, and the pearls are on the bottom of the ocean of God's heart. You walk right through, and you, you can go in and out of the pearls, too. But there's a place of maturity where you get established in the center of the twelve pearls, on the very throne of Jesus Christ. That's where the overcomers sit. That's where the twelve chief apostles sit right now. Revelation 2 and 3, the overcomers with all their gifts, the nine gifts of the overcomers, they're wearing crowns. What's the crown? They're wearing the New Jerusalem on their heads. Their heads are baptized in the waters, the waters of life, the river of life has put on them the crown of life, and they're living out of the deep realm of God's living water. And so every word that comes from those that sit as overcomers on the throne has the full impartation and the blueprint and the map for your heart and mind to go into New Jerusalem. You go in through the word, and you go in through the water, and you go in down below through humility. And it goes through a pearl. It'll be, and the pearl also symbolizes the sanctification of your heart. The pure white. <laughs> Put on the armor of God like knacker. And become an underwater living creature. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's how you connect with the community of God. That's how you connect and have church without having to go into a building. Because you're in the fullness of the Spirit. Look. The Apostle Paul wrote, he said, When you are gathered together, I will be with you 
in spirit. And he wasn't just talking metaphorically. He was literally sending his spirit to commune with the saints who were gathered together. Where were they going? They were going into the city of light formed within them. They were having conversations with one another, fulfilling prophetic callings and destinies, filling themselves up with the substance of God, which is light, love, okay? Just getting completely immersed in that and then walking it out on earth in fullness. So yes, you can come together as people, as community. There's nothing wrong with community, but how much more should we commune in the spirit, in the city of light that we create with God the Father? Look, we have, we, we have been reconciled to God the Father through Jesus Christ, so if we're stopping short and we're not building the kingdom now, then what was the sacrifice worth? You're calling the sacrifice of Jesus worthless if you're not willing to form the kingdom of God in you right this very moment. Even David, how did David, before ever laying, he, David never laid a single stone of the temple, yet he writes in the Psalms that he worshiped God in the temple. He communed with God in the temple. He was meeting with Jesus in the spirit realm, before Jesus walked the earth. He was in the third temple. He was in the third temple. The temple within. The temp, the city before of light. the first one was even built. It's true. And that's where he wants to take us each individually. So you don't have to be worried about being thrown out of a church anymore because of doctrine. Because you're sitting there with all the saints. Look, if, if David traveled forward before Jesus came on earth in the flesh, what does that mean for us? Look, you can commune with all the saints of God. Ask the Father to show it to you. Build it with the Father himself. Build the community within and seek the wisdom and counsel of God. Work with the beings of light, the angels, and the spirits of the saints that are living. They inherited the living gospel. That means they never perish. You think they're dead, but I tell you the truth, they're not. Otherwise, our gospel is in vain. They're more living now than they ever were. And they still speak. It's the, it's the ones who worship mute idols who don't speak anymore. They're the ones who are dead in the ground and can't ever speak again because they worshipped false idols. Make sure of this. Anyone without a water gospel has no gospel at all. Proverbs 4.23 Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard your heart. For out of your heart flows springs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, here we go. Isaiah 41.18 <laughs> I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. Open our eyes to the water gospel, the gospel of the glory. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. Mm. And the dry land springs of water. What's the dry land? Any heart that doesn't have Jesus in it. What is the Lord of glory? The Lord of living water. Ask the Lord of living water to drench your heart today. Mm. You will feel higher than you ever did on anything else in the world. There is no greater pleasure than knowing the Lord of the sea, the King of the sea, the Lord of glory, 
in your heart intimately. He will gush up within you constantly and you will never be dry again. It has to be the heart realm though. We have so missed it by trying to do it in the mind before we do it in the heart. You'll never go from glory to glory. And it'll always be looking and searching for it on the outside. Carrot on a stick, pie in the sky, false Christianity, bewitchment. Until you know the Lord of glory in the center of your heart, you have to know the well. You have to realize the glory. Colossians 1.27, 2,000 years ago, was a hope for the Apostle Paul. Now it's a commandment. You cannot be saved in this generation until you realize the glory of Christ in the center of your heart, which is the well of living water, the springs of the waters of life. Then it will wipe every tear from your eye. The eye is the window from your soul. Then it will remove all the religion from your soul when you drink the springs of Revelation 7.17. Isaiah 43:19 Behold I am doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive and know it and will you not give heed to it I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert another visualization of rivers in the desert is water upon the brain The brain has been the desert. Living with our spirits submitted to the flesh of our brain matter is the desert. That's the wilderness. And I will even cause rivers to flow through brain matter, through wilderness land, so that serpents do not hold the whole of the forehead, the mind, but the living water will flow through people's minds and persuade minds with rivers in the wilderness. When living water touches a human mind, that is a person that experienced the gospel. If it doesn't touch their mind, it's like, eh, I don't know about that. But when their minds are hit with the glory of God, that's when they experience the gospel of glory. That's when they can make a decision for Christ. People are going to hear this right into their mind. The living water come right through their mind, and they're going to say yes, and there's going to be a spring like a rapture. The rapture is real. It's your heart and mind going up in the living water to live in the water city above the flesh. Mm -hmm. There's a water city above the flesh, the new Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it's coming to a place where, look, even though evil has the appearance of prevailing, I mean, look, you can pick apart the the Super Bowl halftime show and you can find all kinds of occult symbolism. It's meaningless to the Lord. Do you know how large the Lord is over those things? Like people are sitting there trying to pick this apart and this and this and this and that happened and their outfit said this. And, and look, it's okay to point it out, but people get bound up in fear and they're like, oh my gosh, they just hexed the whole country. It means nothing. What they just did was hex themselves. Fear and paranoia. They just hex themselves. We're, we're ruling from the complete water kingdom. The, the, the Father has complete is sitting there laughing over all this stuff. He's like, this is the best they got, their little humanistic partnership with Satan. Like, it's nothing. And I'm redeeming all things. You know, and coming to that place where we start reigning on the throne with the Father. And actually not even reigning on the throne, reigning beyond the throne. Because in in every situation where the throne is presented, especially in Ezekiel where, where the throne of God comes, the glory fills the temple, and he actually leaves the temple and goes out into the place of exile, into the wilderness, to bring his glory there too, so that the, everyone gets covered. 
Whoa. It's important to note that there's nothing more occult than bewitched Christianity. Isn't that ironic? Galatians 3.1 says, Having begun in the spirit and ending in the flesh is witchcraft. And we're out there attacking Illuminati. We're out there attacking occult. When Jezebel's pinnacle of the universe is bewitched Christians. There is nothing in existence higher level occult on earth than having begun in the spirit and finished in the brain. So it's the very bewitched church of Jezebel that's attacking with fear all the things of the Illuminati, which only perpetuates the prison bars of yeah, fear so around human hearts. Yeah. So it's a prison within a prison. Yeah. When you come into living waters, there's none of that. There's no do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, it's glorious color, there's no black and white anymore. We don't live in the fallen angels anymore. We don't live in the curse of the fall. We don't live in the flesh. We live in the glory realm. We live in the living waters. We live in color, glorious color that totally annihilates the black and white of the religious devil Satan. And so you got to get that first because all of this paranoia, that's the enemy's fear tactics. Because if you believe the temptations of fear that this evil is going to harm you, then it does, as it is written. What we have feared has come upon us. But when you get a, the knowledge of the glory and you get into the living water, you realize all it is is just fear-mongering. They're sowing lies, the fallen angels sow lies, and try to get Christians to be afraid, like sheep without a good shepherd, so that when you fear something, then it can imprison you. Whatever you fear is your God. The, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So we need to start having God as our God and not fear mm -hmm. anything else. When you actually serve Jesus so, in your heart, you can't be afraid. As it is written, perfect love drives out fear. And fear has to do with punishment because we're still submitting to the regulations of the flesh, the Levitical wow. code yeah. that has condemned the animals that touch the mountain, which is the flesh and blood carnal nature. When you are in the living waters, you are not in the flesh, so there's no condemnation for you. If your mind is attached to Christ in your spirit, you can't be condemned by anything because that's the fulfillment of the law. That's the law of love. Mm -hmm. Christ created the heavens and the earth. Christ gave Moses the law to condemn the flesh. And so Satan and his angels do everything to take you out of the spirit into the brain of the flesh so you're all condemned all the time by anything you do, right and wrong, I'm never good enough, until you repent, which is return your brain back to Christ and your spirit where you left off usually after the first day you're born again. Most people actually get bewitched the same day they're saved. So they only have one day in the spirit their whole lives. But now, true repentance has come and teaching of how to repent to return your brain to Christ in your heart. And that's the seeds, the mustard seeds of faith. And it's that seed in, in there, even though you never grew it one day in your life, is more powerful than all the flesh and blood of Satanism, occult, and carnal Christianity in the whole world. Jezebel and the principalities are so afraid that you would actually return your brain to that seed in your heart. And they'll do anything to keep you from developing that seed. You develop that seed by giving that seed your soul. Your mind, your, bra your backbone, your will, your heart, which is your emotions, you give it to Jesus mm -hmm. in your spirit. Yep. And you will develop that seed, and that seed will grow up to be the largest of the garden plants. And it will be refuge for your flesh, even. Yep. Even your flesh and blood will cry out to the living God. Yep. And here's the test. Look, if you are out of that mindset, you've 
kept yourself in prison and you've kept the person walking in that symbolism in the same prison you're in. If you were walking by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of grace and, and freedom, you would know the key to set them free. And you would go to them and, and deliver them from the oppression rather than condemn them and also condemning yourself. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs. Mm. <laughs> love springs. Just say it out loud. Love springs. Mm. Love springs. <laughs> There's your salvation. Glory to glory is love to love springing up in your heart. <laughs> it's your brain. Going from glory to glory is your brain experiencing Jesus in your heart more. And the reason why people are so slow is because their brain's attached to all the external realm of the flesh. Mm. We're looking for Jesus. You're only going to find fallen mm. angels pretending to be Jesus on the outside. That's why the whole world's bewitched. When you actually get into the springs that can only come out of where? Oh my God. <laughs> Let's see here. I got to read this in John. Thank you, Jesus. John 7, 38, Amplified. Check this out. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs. Mm. <laughs> wow. How do you think you get lifted up above the flesh? Wow. You found your springs <clears throat> in your innermost being, in your spirit. Oh my God, first of all, it's realization... I am a spirit that has a soul, lives in a body, and I'm not a soul that just with a body, forfeiting my spirit like Adam and Eve to the fallen angels. I have a spirit with Christ in it. That's the freakiest thing. People are actually scared of that. They'll actually hide in their mind from Christ in their own spirit. I watch this. This is a phenomena. Most Christians don't want too much revelation because they enjoy the pleasures of the flesh, the bowls of soup like Esau. They keep their mind attached to the external realm and just practice a little bit of external Christianity and call it good. When you have a full attachment to your innermost being, you're living in the deep of God. I mean, that's when there's not a fake in sight and 500 square mile radius. When you get fully attached through the conscience to know Him face to face through the springs, that's when you, the pure in heart, see God. That's when Matthew 5 occurs. When your heart and your mind is not afraid of the water, of the glory, of the fire of God that will burn up the carnal nature, burn up the grave clothes, burn up our conscience hiding behind our flesh, which is the fig leaves, putting on external garments of trying to be good instead of Christ in us, the garments of glory, the wedding garments of the New Jerusalem. <laughs> the springs themselves are the wedding garments. Anyone that's not wearing their spring has no entrance to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You cannot be saved in this generation until you find the spring of Christ in your own heart. Wow. It's true. Every other form of Christianity will be annihilated by the living waters because it wasn't real Christianity anyway. It's always been about the water of life, the springs of the waters of life, the river of life, the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth, and there's a generation that is led into all truth and all the partial truths that don't have the full sacrifice of self in them, you know, all those hundred million gospels out there, they'll all be annihilated. 
That's what the chief apostles do. They annihilate all your partial gospels, all your partial sacrifices that you can be Laodicean, that you can have one foot in Babylon, one foot in the kingdom. They're going to be torn in half. You will have to choose sides and they'll be called unloving because they're disciplining the flesh and disciplining sin. They'll be called every name in the book by the people that love the wages of sin like Balaam and, and the Esau's. But who cares? The living water is so strong. You know you're right with God. You're burning. You've sacrificed it. You know what holiness and sanctification is. You're going through it every day. People are attacking you for sacrificing the ability of the flesh for the ability of the spirit because they're not willing to sacrifice anything. You keep going no matter what. And when your obedience is complete, you'll be quick to punish all disobedience. And that's what's happening. People are going all into the innocence glory, the perfection glory, taking their whole mind down into their innermost being and knowing the Father face to face in their springs and getting fully sanctified in their brains and disconnecting from the fallen angels of the external realm. Mm -hmm. And that's what brings love judgment because God is love and God is the water of love that we release upon the external false system of Jezebel which looses the world from Satan. That's all Satan has. You take out Jezebel, never any revival. And that's what's about to hit. A people that are fully sacrificed from the lust and pride nature of the external man and fully a new creature in the internal man of the spirit with all their soul living in the inside of the heart realm of God in the Garden of Eden. That's perfection glory. That's innocent love, perfect glory. And that's where every one of you are going to become a spotless member of the spotless bride of Christ in Jesus' name. Glory. It's like Mary. What did Mary do? She witnessed, Mary Magdalene witnessed Jesus get crucified and die. And she went to the tomb to prepare his body. <laughs> what did she find? She found Jesus living. And what was the first thing she wanted to do? Jesus said, don't cling to me yet. I haven't ascended to my heavenly father. She wanted to cling. She wanted to cleave to the very nature of Christ, which she was accustomed to doing while he walked the earth. <laughs> and in fact, Jesus went to go prepare his body, his bride, for what was about to take place. And then when the day of Pentecost arrived and the tongues of fire, why are they tongues of fire? Because it was the word of God which is like, <laughs> which is like rivers of living water, but it is also fire water because it burns and purifies all things. And it keeps out all the flesh literally descended on their heads and, and it became one with their nature. The Holy Spirit consumed them as, as this message started. You don't have to say, come Holy Spirit anymore. It's already come. But where does, where does the fulfillment of God start? With the resurrection of the dead in Christ who are raised first and then the living are raised. Who are the dead in Christ? It's you and I. We are dead we are still in our flesh beings. Those who have already gone before us are already fully living because they've already died. There's only one death. It starts with us being raised into eternal promise, resurrected life. Look, even Herod preached the resurrection gospel before Jesus did. Before Jesus ever raised anyone from the dead, Herod said that Jesus was John the Baptist resurrected. It was his words. It was his testimony. 
He preached the gospel of the resurrection power of, <laughs> of God. That's where it starts and where it ends. Mm. Glory. Revelation 21.6, And he further said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, oh. the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I myself will give water without price from the fountain springs of the water of life. He who is victorious, now what's the victorious? 100% by drinking. The fountain. The only thing the Bible says that will make you victorious mm -hmm. is if you drink the fountain springs of Jesus the Holy Spirit which means there won't be a single overcomer that hasn't drunk from their own spring in their heart not a single one there's no chance anything in this world any religion any Christianity except the drinking of the spring in your heart can do anything for you except this teaching he who is victorious by drinking the springs of the water of life shall inherit all these things. What are all these things? All the seven mountains. Mm. All the things that the whore of Babylon sat on under seven-headed beasts. What's the seven-headed beast? The carnal mind. The mind of flesh. The flesh mind of Cain. That's what she rides upon. Jezebel rides upon the flesh mind of Cain <laughs> and attacks anyone that speaks out of the water mind of Christ. <clears throat> Have you noticed that yet? You have every enemy speaking against the water mind. You have warlocks out there being honored with the flesh, carnal Christian mind of Jezebel. And it's a Christian mind. It's a mind that has the whole Bible memorized. So it's very deceiving. People that don't know the water mind of Christ are often led astray. That's why you see so many immature Christians when they're first brought into other ministries, the carnal mind of the warlock Christian witch can just pull them away right away. And so they get picked off like flies. But we need stronger angels, stronger waters to guard these people when they're brought in to the water mind. The water mind of Christ is so different than the carnal mind that you need angelic guard because the enemy does not want you to get it. You need Christians more mature than you to help you. There's no chance you can do this alone. I mean, this is the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, everyone reliant on the same fountain of the Lord Jesus and helping each other know the Lord Jesus as a spring in each other's hearts. And then the simplicity of knowing that all external deception of the fallen angels that appear as angels of light that deceive will come and try to pull you into a different gospel, into a different Jesus that's no Jesus at all, that didn't die on the cross for you, that actually murdered Christ, following the fallen angels after you're born again. And so we're coming into the living water that will protect us completely from Satan and will be sealed above Satan and his angels in the New Jerusalem. That's what it means to be, and he's in the bottomless pit below, and you're sealed with your feet over him, and the, the woman's feet crush Satan under feet. Well, the woman's feet have to be lifted up in the New Jerusalem, or otherwise she's not crushing him under feet. You're never going to crush him under feet unless you start drinking from your own fountain. Until you get the spring revelation, zero chance Satan will be under your feet because there's no other way you can be victorious according to Scripture. Start drinking. Realize the spring. Know him in the center of your heart. Keep giving him more and more sacrifice of your animal beast nature, of your carnal mind, and your flesh in the external realm. And then you'll start to rise from the dead. And then Satan will be under your feet the deeper you go in the living water by the sacrifice of your own brain. Amen.
<laughs> Partner with Red Letter Ministries, this is a glorious season of glory. Bring your gold into the water city so the water can flow over the gold as it is written. They shall walk on streets of gold in the water city. I'm telling you guys, bringing financial sacrifice into the living water is the only way you're actually even giving God your money. Everything else is just religion. And I'm not saying I'm the only one doing this. I'm not saying this isn't elitism, this isn't pride. But I'm telling you, this is the blueprint from the New Testament and the book of Revelation. That we have to bring the finances into the water city. Otherwise, we're just perpetuating the curse of religion, deceiving people with strange fire, doing all kinds of stuff except building the kingdom of heaven. So the greatest thing you can do is start sacrificing your gold and start laying out the streets of gold in the New Jerusalem you, by bringing it into the water temple, by bringing it into the water gospel that we preach. Bring it into Red Letter Ministries and watch your gold get washed and you'll start paving streets of gold. The water will multiply your gold as you bring your gold into submission to the living water of the Holy Spirit that flows out of our temple that we are priests of in the New Jerusalem. RedLetterMen.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus.